I want to preach to you here for a little while tonight. And, uh, uh, well, I'm not even going to say that because you'd just laugh at me if I said it. So, hallelujah. Uh, fact checkers would be all over everywhere. Uh, but I just, this morning, what a powerful presence of God met with me here in the sanctuary when I came and talked to the Lord, and he talked to me, and he began to just drop something into my heart, and uh, I've just got a few notes here tonight, and I'm just going to share with you what I feel like God put on my heart. And we won't go any further than that, but, but we're going to go however far the Lord lets us tonight. But I really felt like this was something he talked to me about, something I never really thought about in this light, never really considered it in this light. Amen. Praise God. Turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 7. We're going to read two verses of Scripture. Matthew, chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. Matthew 7, verses 1 and 2. This is, um, to some people, this is the only verse in the whole Bible. They they know if there's anything else in there besides this verse. That's the only one they know. And... uh, some of them do know John 3.16 is in there too, but, but um, that, that's about it. But, but some of them don't even know that. But Matthew 7 verse 1 says, Judge not that you be not judged. Verse 2, for with what judgment ye judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Now, he said in verse 1, don't, don't judge, but in verse 2, he begins telling us, I know you're going to do it. <laughs> I just want to warn you when you do. You're going, to be, you're going to be facing some things here, and you need to understand how all this works, he said. You need to understand... How it works is God's got some rules in place. And, and uh, there's just some ways that things happen. And he said, if you're going to go ahead and do it, then understand that, that uh, however you measure things, that's the way you're going to be measured. Whatever standard you require, that's the standard that'll be required of you. And um, this is just one example. We'll talk about more, but I want to I want to preach to you for a little while here tonight about our reciprocating God, our reciprocating God. Hallelujah. Amen. Our reciprocating God. 
Hallelujah. Would you put your Bibles down, lift your hands, lift your voices. Let's ask the Lord to talk to us tonight. I believe he wants to talk to us. Amen. Let's talk to him together, everybody. Let's ask him to speak to our hearts right now. Jesus, we need the touch of the Holy Ghost. Help us, God, tonight. I want you to help me. I want you to use me. Oh, my God, my God, my God. I ask you, Lord, God, anoint my lips tonight. God, speak through me, God. Lord, I ask you, God, to open our hearts, open our understanding, God. Have your way in the remainder of this service. Oh, Lord Jesus, touch us tonight. Lord, let us leave this place more like you want us to be, oh God. I love you. I give you praise tonight in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Let's worship him together. Everybody, let's worship the Lord together right now. I love you, Master. I love you, Master. I love you, Master. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, let me just, um, let me explain and define for those who might need it here tonight. Now the word reciprocate, the word reciprocate, dictionary.com defines it as to give in return or to interchange. The word reciprocation means mutual giving and receiving. And uh, the idea behind it is, you know, if I, if I tell Brother Goff, you look nice tonight then if he's going to reciprocate, he's going to turn around and say, well, thank you, and you look nice as well. That's reciprocation. That's giving back in kind. Are you with me? Somebody, somebody honors you on your birthday, and then you reciprocate. That means that come their birthday, you turn around and you give them something, and uh, it's, it's a matter of that somebody has started a process. And, and so the reciprocation comes in response to what was started. And it is something that is done in exchange or as it says here in interchange. Uh, not really exchange but but giving as a response. You've done something for me, and now I'm going to do the same for you. I will reciprocate. Amen. You've fixed supper for me. Now I'm going to uh, invite you to my house and give you peanut butter and jelly, which is about the best I can do. And just hope and pray I don't burn that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So, um, reciprocating. And I, I, this is what, as I was in prayer this morning, I'd never thought about this before, but, but it seemed like as I began to pray, the Lord started dealing with me about the fact that he has a reciprocal nature. God gives back or God responds in kind based upon what we do. Well, hallelujah. 
Amen. There is much about him that we come to see. Amen. The fact that in his very nature, he reciprocates. Now, he built this into creation. He really did. And we see this as we go back to the beginning. Uh, let's look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now, I know that the Apostle Paul is making a spiritual point here. But he is making a spiritual point based upon a natural phenomenon. He is calling to the Galatians' minds the fact that whatever you plant, that's what you will reap. It's true in the natural realm. Now think about it. God created the world to do things this way. You don't plant an apple tree and grow oranges as a result. If you plant an apple seed, then that is going to reciprocate. You give up part of an apple, you get an apple back. There's a reciprocation involved. Amen. The Bible says this uh, uh, in, in Luke chapter 6, verses 43 and 44. For a good tree bringeth... Not forth corrupt fruit. A good tree does not bring forth corrupt fruit. Neither doth a corrupt tree. And a corrupt tree doesn't fruit. bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his every own fruit. Every tree is known by his fruit. For of thorns men do not gather men figs. Men don't gather figs among thorns. Nor of a bramble bush. And they don't go to grapes. a bramble bush and find grapes. Now this is the principle that Jesus was making. Amen. That everything reciprocates. It produces after its own kind. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. This is the way it works in nature. Why did God create nature to be that way? Amen. Well, it's because God is that way. It's a part of who he is. Now, let me tell you something else. Not only does he reciprocate in kind, but let me show you something else about this principle of reciprocation. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6. But this I say, this I say that he that soweth, he that soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly. But he that soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Now stay with me for a few minutes. I feel this so strong tonight. Stay with me for a few minutes while I lay my foundation here. But listen, here is not only does God reciprocate in kind, but he reciprocates in quantity. If you sow a little, you reap a little. But if you sow a lot, you reap a lot. That's the law of God. That's the way God created things to work. Because that's the way God himself works. Now we need to remember that. You need to make note of that point. That not only does God reciprocate in kind, but he reciprocates in quantity. Amen. It is important. It is important. In fact, I'm telling you, once, once God started dealing with me about this, I, I, I came to the conclusion, Brother Goff, that this is one of those necessary things that we really ought to understand about God. 
I know there's a lot about him we can't understand. And I've said it many times. I'm glad we don't understand everything about God. I'm glad I serve a God who is, whose ways are past finding out. Amen. If I could figure him out, that would mean I'm smarter than God. And I don't want to serve a God that is not as smart as I am. Amen. But God is smarter than I am. He's smarter than any of us are. And, 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 but there are some things about him that we do understand because God is consistent. Because in him there is no variableness neither shadow of turning. You can watch him, you can read through the scripture and you see him doing the same things over and over and over and over and you see this consistency in his nature. And one of the things that I believe it's important that we understand about his nature is that he does reciprocate. Because you see, when we really get an understanding of God's reciprocal nature, that affects how we treat him and his kingdom. If we know that whatever we do to God and to God's kingdom, that's what we're going to get back. Then that affects what we do to God and his kingdom. Amen. Now, let me, just, let me just take you through some scriptures, all right? Tonight is Bible study night, and, and I said I'm going to preach, but you know me. I'm 90 plus percent teaching, so just disregard the terms teaching and preaching. It's all about the same for me. So let me, let me show you, let me just show you some examples here of how God is reciprocal in nature. Uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 26. For whosoever shall be ashamed whosoever of me, is ashamed of me and my words, uh-huh. of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed, when he shall come in his own glory, and his fathers, and of the holy angels. Now, now do you see this? This is what Jesus said. You're ashamed of me, I'm going to reciprocate. Hello? Well, this ought to make us want to get out there and tell the world about him. This ought to make us not want to hang our heads. We go to the restaurant, we're not just scratching our forehead, we're praying a prayer over our food. Well, we're not ashamed of who he is. We're not ashamed of who we are. Because if we're ashamed of him, he said, I'm going to reciprocate. And I'll be ashamed. I don't want God to be ashamed of me. But he will reciprocate. That's what he said. Do we believe his word? All right, let's look at something else. Luke chapter 12, verses 8 and 9. Also I say unto you, whosoever shall whosoever confess, shall me, before confess men, me before men, him shall the Son, of man, shall the Son of man confess, confess before, the angels, before the angels of God. But he that denieth, but he that denieth me before, before men shall be denied, shall before, be all, denied before, the angels, before the angels of God. See, look, I've taught you and taught you that it's important. If you're going to build a doctrine, you've got to have two or three witnesses, right? And so that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm laying out two or three witnesses plus here tonight. And I'm showing you, Jesus said, if you'll get out there and you'll confess me to men, 
then I'll confess you to the angels. But if you deny me before men, I'm going to deny you to the angels. Now, why does that make a difference? I'm going to tell you why. Because the angels are the ministering spirits of God. You don't know how many times your life has been spared because the angels have been commanded to watch over you. And if he denies you to the angels, then they're not there to protect you anymore. So I want to confess him so that when I'm in trouble, he says, hey, angel, you see that one right there? He's mine. He confessed me. I'm going to confess him. That's the way it works. Now, let's, let's, let's go on. Um, I almost said, I've been listening to my, my, my pastor so much, I almost said, let's go a little farther here. That's it. He, he, he said that all the time. I almost said that. All right. So, um, Revelation 22, verses 18 and 19. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. You add to this book, and I'm going to turn around and reciprocate. And I'm going to add to you the plagues that are in this book. And if any man shall take away and if from you the words take away of, the book of this prophecy, from this book, God shall take away his God part. God said, of the "I'm going to take away your name out of the book of life." God's going to reciprocate out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. That's what he said. Whatever we do, however we treat him and the things of God, God said, "I'm going to treat you the same way." Whatever you do. However you look at the things of God, that's the way God's going to look at you. Whatever you do with the kingdom of God, that's the way God's going to do towards you. Now, we read this in our text. Let's just touch on it here very quickly. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. Judge not that ye be not judged. Judge not. Now, even in that, look at what he said. If you judge, what's going to happen? You're going to be judged, right? Isn't that what he said? That's what that verse says. Judge not that you be not judged. So if you don't judge, you won't be judged. But if you do judge, what's going to happen? For with what judgment ye judge, whatever judgment you judge, that's what's going to be used against you. And and with what what measure you meet, meet, shall be measured to you again. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You know, this is why we need to be careful. When we start looking around at other folks and we start saying, you know, the pastor really ought to do something about them. Pastor should have kicked them out. Pastor should have done this. The pastor, wait just a minute. If we believe the Bible, the Bible says that whatever measure you're using for the way people ought to be treated, then that's the measure God's going to hold you to. So you better hope that you don't ever mess up. Well, so you know what I think I want to do? I want to be just as merciful as I can be. I want to be just as compassionate as I can be. I want to go the extra mile. I want to love them. I want to do everything I can. I want to help because there may be a day when I need some mercy. Well... All right, all right, so, so look, not only 
will God reciprocate the practice of judging. He's actually going to use the very standards that you set. God said, if that's the measurement you want to go by, fine. That's what we'll go by. Think I'll be kind and generous and forgiving and long-suffering, merciful and compassionate because I might need it someday. And then let's look at another one here. I told you, you only have to have two or three witnesses, but I'm giving you plenty here. Uh, here, let's look at this. Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. For if ye forgive men their trespasses. If you forgive. Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. your Father will forgive you. But if ye forgive not but if men you their don't trespasses. Forgive, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. your Father's not going to forgive you. Now, you're talking about reciprocation here. God said, I'm, I'm watching to see just how forgiving you are. You want to hold a grudge? I'm just getting down to where we live here tonight. You want to hold a grudge? <clears throat> then you're inviting God to hold a grudge against you because he's a reciprocating God. He said, and you know, I've, I've told this story before, but many, many years ago, uh, there was a, a man in the church that, that uh, he came knocking on my office door before church. And um, he said, I got to talk to you. Well, I don't, I don't like to talk before church. I don't like to, because I promise you, I learned early, early, early in my pastorate. Many times God would speak to me about problems that people were having and, and I would be all prepared to teach a lesson on that very thing or to preach a sermon on that very thing and somebody would come and knock on my door and spill their guts and then I, what am I supposed to do now? You know, if I get up and preach on it, then they're going to say, oh, well, you got your message from me sitting in your office just now. So that's why I say, look, I'll talk to you after church. I'll stay as long as you want, but don't, don't do that to me before church. Let me just preach, all right? Let me, let me preach and and you'd be surprised how many times God will answer your question before, and you won't even have to talk to me. And uh, that's, that's really a fact. But, but anyhow, he, he came, oh, I got to talk to you, got to talk to you. All right, all right. I don't like to do that, but all right, seems urgent. He said, I got a real problem here. I said, what's that? He said, did you see who just came in? I said, well, no. He said, well, that man, he did this to me, and he did this to me, and he did this to me. And he said, he's wanting to sit right here in the same church that I'm sitting in. He said, do I have to forgive that man? And boy, he's bowed up and he's ready. He's ready to come to the defense. And I just looked at him and I said, no. And that threw him for a loop. He wasn't expecting that answer. He was, he was ready for me to say, well, of course you've got to forgive him. And then he was going to start arguing as to why he didn't have to. So when I told him, no, you don't have to, that, that blew his mind. He didn't know where to go from there. So he's just looking at me, just dumbfounded. And, and I, I let him sit there dumbfounded for a little while. And I said, you don't have to forgive him if you're never going to need God to forgive you of anything. 
Because the Lord made it a requirement that he would only forgive us if we forgive others. But if we don't forgive others, he won't forgive us. So as long as you believe you can live the rest of your life perfect and you're never going to need God to forgive you, then no, you don't have to forgive that man. But if you think there's a chance you're going to mess up and you're going to need God's forgiveness, I'd recommend you forgive him. Hallelujah. Because God is a reciprocating God. Well, he really is. He really is. But let me tell you something. Because up to this point, I've talked about being ashamed of him, denying him, adding and taking away from his word, judging others, forgiving. But God doesn't just reciprocate to negative things. He's a reciprocating God across the board. In every way. He's a reciprocating God. Right? Let me show you something here. James chapter 4 verse 8. Listen to this. Draw nigh to God. Draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. And what's God going to do? If you'll draw nigh to God, God's going to reciprocate. If you'll put forth the effort. If you'll start trying to get close to God. God's going to put forth the effort to get close to you. Now, you, you don't, you don't, some of you don't really understand what, what that really means, how significant that is. But tell you what, Brother, Brother Hilton, come here. Come here. Well, don't come here. Go over there. I want you to stand over there. Now, now, look, if, if you want to get close to me, I'm clear over here on the other side of the, other side of the sanctuary now. We're on opposite sides of the sanctuary. You want to get close to me, so, so start, Start getting close to me. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to take him a little bit of time to cover this distance. Right? He's trying to get close to me. Now get back over there. All right. Now, the Bible says if you draw an eye to God, God's going to reciprocate. So start again. Oh, he's coming my way. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to draw nigh to him. He's coming my way. I'm going to, do you see how much quicker we come together? Do you see how much quicker this relationship begins to develop? When you draw nigh to God, God starts reciprocating. God's waiting on you to put forth an effort. God's waiting on you to make a few steps. And when he sees you coming his way, that's why when the father was sitting on the porch and he saw the prodigal son, he ran to him because the son was drawing nigh to the father and the father was going to reciprocate. The son said, I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want to, I want to, I want to leave. So the father reciprocated. Father didn't chase him. Father didn't go after him. He reciprocated. But when the son came home and the son was coming toward the father, father got up out of that, that old rocking chair on the porch. <laughs> and he said, he's coming home now. 
He's coming my way and I'm going to do for him exactly what he's doing for me. I'm going to reciprocate. Hallelujah. I'm going to reciprocate. That's God. The closer you get to God, the closer he'll get to you. Praise God. Amen. Let me show you another one here. Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. Shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all shall it be measured to you again. There's that, there's that same statement again. Isn't it? Whatever measure you determine, that's the measure God's going to use. So, so listen, let's think about this verse in terms of that last statement because a lot of times we only figure, in fact, some of you may not even known there was more to that verse than, well, I'm telling the truth. Some people probably thought it ended where it said, you know, running over shall men give into your bosom, but there's more to that verse than that. He said, for with, for with, or because. The reason this is gonna happen is because Whatever measure you meet, that's the measure that's going to be used for you. So that's why when all of those rich folks, as Jesus was sitting over by the treasury that day, and all of the rich folks were throwing in their $100 bills, and Jesus wasn't impressed. And no doubt they're waving them around. They're flashing. Now I know. They didn't. I, I know. If anybody's listening online and wants to criticize and say how stupid there weren't $100 bills in those days, I'm being facetious. I know there were not $100 bills. Whatever they had. 100 shekel coins or whatever, whatever they're using, all right? Whatever they had. They, they, I'm just telling you, they were given the big money. And Jesus saw it, and I can guarantee you they were making a production out of it. I've been there and seen that kind of thing happen. I've been in the conferences. Who'll give 10,000? I will. Write my name down. Announce it for everybody. Tell everybody how much I'm giving. I've been there. I know what that's all about. And I believe these guys were making their pronouncements and maybe wearing name badges, you know. Who knows? Make sure that the rabbi that's sitting there at the treasury box. Now, how about that? We're not talking about an usher that's just kind of standing here. We're talking, Jesus is sitting there at the treasury box. He's, he's watching them. I wonder what would happen to our offerings if... Hmm. Turn that envelope over. Let me look at that again. <laughs> and and they're, they're, they're putting in all their big contributions, and, and Jesus is not impressed. And then all of a sudden, this little widow woman comes, and I got a feeling, I got a feeling that she's embarrassed. She's probably, you know, she was in line, and she sees what everybody else is doing, and she's probably looking behind her and say, oh, you can go in front of me. 
Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You, you go ahead and go ahead in front of me. And, and she's just kind of scooting to the back, hoping that Jesus will, will excuse himself before she gets up there. But he ain't moving. And finally, it comes her turn, and there's no escaping it. And all she's got is two mites. And I've, I've got a couple of mites in my office back there that from, from Jesus' day that I bought while I was in Israel. And uh, the little bitty, I mean tiny little coins, didn't amount to much of anything. And uh, weren't worth a whole lot, couldn't buy very much. And uh, that's all she had. And she probably kept her, her little wrinkled hand closed as she walked over. And she was hoping nobody would see she dropped it in and Jesus said hey 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 come here Simon James John look at this and she said oh no and he said I want to tell you something this woman has put in more than all of these other guys put together what what two mites yeah, she put in more than all of them. Why? Because they have plenty more where those hundreds came from. But this is all she had. She gave it all. Now I'm telling you, Jesus said whatever measure you use. <laughs> Not what amount you give, but what measure you use. She said, Lord, I'm giving you 100%. And Jesus said, then I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you 100%. He's a reciprocating God. Oh, I feel like preaching a little bit here tonight. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I'll tell you, you might want to try giving your way out of it. Ah, hallelujah. I'm telling you, he's a reciprocating God. And when you give, amen, you give and you give, God is making note of every bit of it. I remember one year. I'm afraid to look at the time. Oh, Jesus. I would say hold back the sun, but it's already down. Too late for that. Oh, well, just press on. Um, uh, I, I'd gone to my home church. They had a conference every year. And uh, we were struggling. Oh, Lord, we were struggling financially. And uh, I had moved to Colorado, taken a little church that had six voting members. We didn't have anything. We had some good men of God that were uh, sending us little monthly offerings. That was helping. But the problem was I had left South Texas to take that church, and my house in South Texas hadn't sold. And so I was paying a house note on a house in South Texas and trying to pay rent on a house in Colorado and living off of just a few dollars in offering that was coming in from a few faithful men. 
And uh, we found a way to get to Dallas to go to my, my pastor's conference. And uh, it was always around his pastoral anniversary. And so that year they wanted to take up an offering for him, do something nice for him. I loved my pastor. And they said, how many of you will give $100? I opened my billfold and, Brother Goff, that's all I had. I had $100. And I still had to drive home. I had my three children still at home. We had to feed them. I was three months behind on the house note in South Texas. Uh, 400 and something dollars a month, I think. I think that's what it was, something like that. And they said, who'll give $100 for this man of God? And um, I looked in my billfold and I had $100. So I said, I will. So I stood. And I gave my $100. I didn't know what we'd do. I didn't know how we'd make it. I didn't really care. Listen, God has taught me through the years that he's a reciprocating God. I never thought about it in these terms. But I have learned. And I didn't do it so that he would give because sometimes he's not always that quick on the return. Sometimes he wants us just to keep trusting him for a while. But I'm telling you, I made that sacrificial gift that day. The next day, the next day service was going on. Brother Wayne McLean had driven up for the service that day. He was not there the day before. He didn't know anything about anything that had happened. And uh, he was in the service that day, and he chose to sit there beside me. And we were sitting in the pew together, and, and uh, we had a good service. And uh, end of service, everybody's kind of standing in their pews praying. They had another preacher coming. And so it was just kind of in between the two preachers, but we were, we were just standing there praying. And, and Elder McLean kind of scooted over to where I was, and he put his arm around me, and, and he said, how much do you need? And I looked at him. I said, what do you mean? He said, you know what I mean. How much do you need? And then he asked me a figure, and he said, would that help? I said, yes, sir, it'll help. He said, my secretary will be here tonight. I'm calling her and asking her to bring a check. We'll have a check here tonight for you. I'm just telling you, saints of God, and it was, it was more than 10 times what I had put in the offering the day before. I'm preaching to you about a reciprocating God. Now, now look, I'm not telling you every time you give God 100, he's going to give you back 1,000, but I am telling you that was my last 100. That's the last hundred I had. And God said, whatever measure you use, you gave me 100%, I'm going to turn around and give you 100%. I'm going to do something. If that's the way that you're going to treat my kingdom, then that's the way I'm going to treat you. Because he's a reciprocating God. I've had people say, I can't afford to pay my tithes. I'm saying you can't afford not to. Amen. You give God what's his. Well, this is not a lesson on tithing. I got to hurry up. My time's up. And I really hadn't even got to the point I wanted to make in all this. 
He's a reciprocating God. The more you give to God, the more God will give to you. So knowing all of that, let me get to my point tonight so I can try to close. So what I have tried to show you tonight is that God reciprocates based on what we do and he reciprocates based on how much we do it. Right? God reciprocates in kind and in quantity. And boy, I thought about this, Brother Hilton, I thought about this. If God really does what I just said, he's going to do what I do and he's going to do it to the quantity I do it. I wonder what would happen if we really started living by the principle that we've often quoted or heard quoted, stated in Psalm 34 verse 1. Listen to this. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall now, continually now, be in my mouth. Now, hang on. I will bless the Lord. If we bless the Lord and he's a reciprocating God, what's God going to turn around and do for us? Is anybody hearing me? If I bless the Lord, how is God going to reciprocate? If I bless the Lord, I can promise you God is going to bless me. And if I bless him at all times, then what's God going to do? He's going to bless me at all times. Oh, somebody needs to get a revelation of this tonight. Now, 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 how do we bless the Lord? Because we often talk about God blessing us, but how do we bless the Lord? Well, let's finish the verse. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise. His praise. You want to know what blesses mouth. God? You want to know what blesses God? We come in after a hard day's work on a Tuesday night. We're wore out. Amen. We're frustrated. We've had to deal with devils all day long, but we come into God's house and at all times our mind is made up. I don't care what today's been like. I don't care what I've had to deal with. I'm going to give you praise today, God. That's a blessing to God. I will bless the Lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth oh if I can bless him at all times he's going to bless me at all times I got to hurry I got to hurry now really I don't have to wonder I said I said I wonder what would happen if we really started living by that, that I'm just going to bless the Lord at all times. But I really don't have to wonder because the same psalmist who wrote verse 1 went on to tell us in the next several verses what happens when you bless the Lord at all times. Start reading with verse 2. 
Listen to what he says. My soul shall make her My boast in the Lord. It's going to make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall the humble hear thereof. They're going to hear glad. and they're going to be glad. Oh, magnify oh, the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt Let's his, exalt name, his together. name together. You know what he's doing? He's just blessing the Lord right now. He's just blessing the Lord right now. He's blessing the Lord right now. Read on, read, read, read. I sought the Lord and I he heard me. I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he delivered me, from, he all delivered me from all of my fears. They looked read. unto him and were lightened. And their faces I, they were They looked ashamed. to him, were lightened. Their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried. This the Lord poor man him. cried. And the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his trouble. The angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord. It cameth round about them that fear him. And oh. that, well, I'm talking about somebody that said I'm blessing the Lord at all times. And when you start blessing the Lord at all times, God's blessing you at all times. Taste and see oh, that the Lord taste is good. And see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the, Blessed man, is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord. Oh, fear the Lord, saints. saints. For there is, For no, there want is no want. Him. There is no want to them that fear him. The young lions, the young do, lions lack do lack and suffer hunger. And suffer hunger but they that they seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Oh, I'm preaching to you tonight church uh, when you bless the Lord at all times uh, he's going to bless you at all times musicians come musicians come now I got one more passage I got to read to you you want to know what it's like when God blesses you at all times you want to know what it's like when God blesses you at all times? Let me read it from the scripture. We believe the scripture, don't we? We believe the scripture, don't we? Let me read to you what it's like when God blesses you at all times. Listen to Deuteronomy 28, verses 2 and uh, 2 through 13. And all these blessings all, shall come on thee. All and these thee. blessings are going to come on thee and overtake thee. I'm telling you, God starts blessings. You start blessing him and God puts the blessings on your trail and they're going to run faster than you can run. They're going to move faster than you can move. The blessings are going to overtake thee. If thou shalt hearken unto if the voice hearken of thy God. to the voice of the Lord thy God, read. Blessed are the blessed thy city. Are you in the city? And blessed are you in the field? Blessed is the fruit of your body. And the fruit of thy ground. And the fruit of thy cattle. The increase of thy kind. The flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy Blessed is your basket and your store. Blessed thou be. When you come in and blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. The Lord is going to cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before your face. They'll come out one way and flee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee. He's going to command. Listen, he's going to command the blessing. You get down there. You get down there right now. I'm commanding you. 
And all that thou settest thine hand unto, everything, and he shall bless everything. thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And the Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself, yes. as he has sworn unto thee. Yes. And thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. Yes. And all the people all of the earth people shall, of the see, earth that shall thou art see that by the you're name called of the Lord. by the name of the Lord. They shall be afraid of thee. They're going to be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make the thee Lord plenteous in good. Make you plenteous in good. In the fruit of thy in the body. Fruit of thy and the fruit of thy cattle. In the fruit of thy cattle. In the fruit of thy crown, in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee the his Lord treasure. is gonna open unto Oh, listen to this. The Lord is gonna open unto thee his good treasure. The heaven to give the rain Woo! unto the land to his give rain unto thy land in his season. And to bless all, and the, to bless work all the work of thine hand. Thou shalt lend unto many nations and, shalt not, and shalt not borrow the Lord shall make thee the, the Lord shall make the thee tail. the head and not the tail thou shalt, thou shalt be above be only and, and shalt shall not be beneath if thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God which I, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them that's what happens when you bless the Lord at all times. He blesses you at all times. Oh, let's do it for a few minutes tonight. Woo! Instead of feeling sorry for yourself, looking for somebody's shoulder to cry on, instead of wallowing in self-pity, instead of grumbling and complaining, why don't you lift your voice and bless the Lord because he's a reciprocating God. And if you'll start blessing him, he's going to turn around and bless you. That's his nature. That's who he is. of the sun to the going down of the same the name of the Lord is to be praised I'm just going to bless him I'm going to bless him in the good times and the bad times I'm going to bless him in the easy times and the hard times I'm going to bless him in the healthy times and the sick times I'm going to bless him in the rich times and the poor times I'm going to bless him shining brighter it's midnight I'm gonna bless him I'm just gonna bless the Lord at all times because if I bless him at all times he will reciprocate 
Ah, Lord. I, want you to, I know, I know, I'm, I'm over time. I want you to listen to me for just a minute. Some of you, we get in services like we had Sunday night. And God wants to heal. And God wants to do things. And you just cannot believe He's going to do it for you. You are so hung up on you're not worthy or whatever. Well, I've got a remedy for you. Instead of focusing on yourself, Focus on the fact that he's a reciprocating God. I'm telling you, I've known of rank sinners that paid tithes and God turned around and blessed them. Not because he approved of the sinner, but he's a reciprocating God and he honored what they did. you get in a service where the Holy Ghost is moving and healing is flowing and you need a healing and the devil starts saying well you're not worthy and this. why don't you just tell him just shut up just shut up for just a minute devil just shut up just shut up you've told me that and told me that I know I know I'm not worthy alright fine I'm not worthy doesn't matter God's not looking at who's worthy this much I know God is a reciprocating God and if I start blessing him he's going to turn around and bless me so devil, you just shut up a while while I bless God. And I'm telling you, when you start blessing God in the midst of a service like we had Sunday night, you're going to open your eyes and realize, hey, he healed me. He took care of it. He fixed it. Why? Because you blessed him, so he turned around and blessed you. Oh, let's lift our hands and love him right now.